Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 357, I'm bringing licensed marriage and family therapist Nicole Zazowski on the show, and she's going to help you feel not alone in your mom burnout. And she has a solution for us that may be different from anyone you've been given before. This is not uh, extra to the Christian life. This is essential to the Christian life. And this is an avenue we've been given to connect with God um, and to celebrate the gift with the giver and, and really important in, in recognizing that we don't just grow in the dark in those places that are painful, but that joy and celebration are also an avenue of Christ's work in us. My VA Stephanie found this great quote from Lemony Snicket. You may find that if someone pours water all over you, you are damp and distracted, but not cured of your sadness. The way a fire department can douse a fire but never recover what has been burnt down. Nicole is not only a therapist, she is a writer and a speaker and a mom to three. She understands the devastation of loss and disappointment in her own journey of infertility. And today, based on that experience and her work as a therapist with clients who are walking through burnout after the last few years, she is going to share with us a strategy that's different than one you may have been handed before. You're often told you need to have self-care and think that's a spot A or 15 minutes of silence or a vacation. And while those may be good things, they are like that quote said, just water pouring over you and you're just distracted and damped but not cured. What Nicole is offering us is a spiritual discipline of celebration. And before you are like, what? I did not have time to plan a party. Don't worry. This won't cost you a dime or any more time than you're already spending. It's a perspective shift. And I'm so thankful that Nicole was able to come in my house and I got to meet her and learn from her. This was a fantastic conversation. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm so happy to be here with you. You have accompanied me on my commute almost every day for years. So it's so fun to join you this time. I did not know that. Yes. Yes, you are one of my favorite uh, companions in the car on my way to my job. So I'm so grateful for you. Okay, where are you driving in your job? I'm a therapist, so I only go in a couple days a week, but... When I'm driving into my office. <laughs> when you have quiet. Yes. 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 When I get a moment, uh, you are one of the voices that join me most often. So thank you. Oh, that's so yeah. awesome. Well, I'm thrilled that you're in the house. Yes. We don't get to do this very face often. To face. face to face. It wasn't canceled. No. Everything here. keeps getting canceled. I know. Whether I know. it's a virus or the weather. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I know. I'm over it. Something. Me too. I'm over it. Um, and we'll talk more about that in a second. <laughs> but uh, real quick, tell us about your family, you, where you live. Yep. I am in Connecticut, just outside New York City. So it's this interesting, tiny coastal town, but it's very New York City culture. So okay. fast paced, you know, everything you would think of with New York City, but 
doesn't look like New York City at all. It's a very tiny beach town on the Long Island Sound. Very cool. Very cool. And how many kids do you have? I have three. James will be six on Friday. So he's a February birthday. And I have a son, Charlie, who's two and a quarter. And my daughter, Annie, just turned one. So they're 14 months apart. Oh, my Lanta. The second (laughs) two. But fertility is a huge part of my story. And I never thought I would get two healthy ones in a row. Because when I get pregnant, I have about a a 50-50 shot of, of meeting that baby. And so, but I was batting way lower. Like at one point, I was one in five miscarriages. So... I was like, I never prevented anything, and and I thought it was easier to trust the pattern than than the hope. <laughs> um, and so I just figured I'd have miscarriages between all my kids if I was blessed to have more, and she was fine. So 14 months apart, <laughs> she came. And right probably when you were turning in this manuscript? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, it was due a month okay. later. <laughs> I edited with her. So the last chapter, I outline Jesus's first miracle. And I say that this book is his most recent. (laughs) Because Because you were so dependent. Yeah. Oh, my heavens. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just saying everything's getting canceled. Mm -hmm. And I even told you I'm supposed to go to New York. Mm -hmm. I had to push my trip back because there's maybe ice. And ice and Dallas don't go together. (laughs) So... I feel myself. You said, have you planned anything for your trip? Mm-hmm. And I said, I haven't because something in me doesn't let me get excited mm-hmm. because most likely it will get canceled. Mm-hmm. That has been my last two years. Yeah. And I am hesitant to anticipate mm-hmm. or celebrate early mm-hmm. something coming. And I think moms can relate to that. Talk to us about like these seasons and these this concept of anticipatory celebration. Yeah. So I think when we go through any kind of loss, whether that's an actual loss, betrayal, any kind of pain, there's that, there's that moment of pain, there's the loss itself, and then there's the cost. And Mm. that's the impact to our identity and sense of safety. And I think especially in these last two years with the chronic cancellations, A lot of us have lost loved ones or lost a major opportunity or experienced pretty big disappointment and life change in a lot of ways. Or if you've been through a painful season like I did, you know, prior to the pandemic that wasn't related, we all know what it feels like to take a blow that makes it harder to rise to the delight in our days and harder to look toward the future with hope and expectation. And so what our what our tendency is, a lot of us, is to walk around with this pessimism and cynicism, mm. which, you know, pessimism might hope for the best, but prepares to mourn. Mm. It's always practicing that worst case scenario, rehearsing disaster, practicing disappointment. And this is just a fancy form of control mm. when we feel pain we tend to protect ourselves in one, two, three, or all four of four ways. <laughs> we blame other people, we shame ourselves, we try to control, or we numb out and escape somehow. Those are sort of the big buckets. Mm-hmm. 
And so this pessimism and cynicism is a form of that control. We think if we're just practiced enough in the disappointment or we're prepared for that worst case scenario that we can't get hurt. Mm. And what the research tells us is it actually doesn't work, (laughs) that we are no more prepared for that disappointment or disaster. We might be in our heads because we think we saw it coming, but the emotional impact is still the same. Mm. But we do protect ourselves from a lot of delight. You and I were talking about part of the joy is anticipating the trip or whatever it is you're excited for, having something to look forward to. And we'll protect ourselves from a lot of joy, but not not the pain. So in trying to prohibit more pain, Mm -hmm. we're getting neither. We're not experiencing the joy Mm -hmm. and our pain is the same either way. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the situation, folks. That's the situation. (laughs) And I will get into a better way. Mm -hmm. I also want to acknowledge how tired Mm -hmm. and we've used this phrase burn Mm -hmm. out moms Mm -hmm. are. And I know as a practitioner, you're having people come in and you can't talk about them, obviously. Right. But in general, are you having moms come in who are experiencing burnout and what is quote, what is burnout, you know? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of faces to it. Just the sheer physical (laughs) exhaustion of having to do a lot of different things at once with our time, just Mm -hmm. on a practical level. So physically we're expending more than we have opportunity to fill up. So just the basic math equation of energy output versus input is, is not as easy to balance out. I think, you know, when we go into a season of transition, whether it's a new year or a different season, either in our personal lives or just the change of the seasons, yeah. summer or whatever, we think, oh, okay, this is this is going to be the thing that mm. makes it different. Mm. And then we realize that that shift in circumstance was actually not enough to change our hearts or shift uh, and refuel us in a different way. And so that's where I've seen it the most is people putting their hope in a change in circumstance and feeling very disappointed when that wasn't enough to make it different on the inside. So would burnout be that difference in energy, like too much energy out and not enough energy in? Yeah, I think – or. Or not yielding and resting to, in response to those cues that our okay. body gives us. Um, when we push through that, we tend to uh, experience burnout. I'm thrilled to tell you about a new sponsor we have. It is Thrive Cause. Medics and cause is spelled a little differently because they're a company that gives back to so many different organizations that help women thrive. But I also love their startup story. It was born out of a friendship that makeup artist and product developer Carissa had with her dear friend Christy, who she lost to cancer at just 24 years old. And it inspired Carissa to start this beauty brand with a philosophy that goes beyond skin deep, empowering women. And as a skin cancer survivor myself, I am a big proponent 
of her heart and her mission. I also am super thankful that they have great products. I've always used this mascara from another brand because it has a tubing formula where basically it creates a tube around each of your eyelashes and so it doesn't flake or create black under your eyes. And I was thrilled to find out that Thrive Cosmetics has their own version called the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. It's their best-selling product. It has more than 20,000 five-star reviews and it does the same thing that my other mascara was doing, but this is a clean option. No parabens, no sulfates, no phthalates. It's 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I am a big fan of. I also love, you can go to their website and see all of the different partners they have. When you buy Thrive Cosmetics, they donate to women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and so much more. Now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. You can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash DMA. That's Thrive Cosmetics. I'll spell it for you. C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash DMA for 15% off your first order. And everyone talks about self-care, but it seems like for most moms I know, it's not like an they would choose to refill. Right. And <laughs> they just don't have opportunity. Mm-hmm. The job demands, the kid demands, mm-hmm. you know, life continuing to go at a speed that is extremely demanding mm-hmm. and constant. So how do you help that mom who's experiencing burnout? Mm-hmm. How do you help her navigate <laughs> refilling that, yes because it sounds dreamy oh doesn't it sound amazing <laughs> but unrealistic <laughs> yes yeah. when, and, and i think when we picture self-care we think stopping our mm. responsibilities unplugging yeah doing things like going to the spa and taking a bath <laughs> yeah and i am i am such a bath person i'm not knocking any of those things i think they're wonderful when they can happen but you're in one season of motherhood i'm in another it's hard in yeah. both to just press pause on those things that do have to happen. And so I have found it more helpful. Well, first of all, just on a practical level, there's three footholds <laughs> that we have to help us feel secure in an unsafe situation that I think are actually helpful in moving through your responsibilities in a way that can help prevent burnout. So the first is just recognizing that we're not alone. And sometimes that's just an awareness piece. (laughs) Like, okay. Yeah. And you would think we would know that. Right. And we do, but but we don't operate that way. We don't don't acknowledge or say it. Yes. It's not just hard for me. Yes. Yeah. Or reach out um, to the community available to us. Be willing to ask for help. So mm-hmm. some of us know we're not alone, but we don't practice life in community. Even if it's just, this is hard for me. Is it hard for you? Can we talk about this being hard together? Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're not it's necessarily really vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So just recognizing and accessing that truth that we're not alone. The second is recognizing that. While we can't control everything or very much, <laughs> depending on the situation. That's a hard one to swallow yes, right there. I what? know. This, what? Is, this is the hardest one for yes, me. Yes. But being aware of the choices that we do have. Mm. Um, so what 
agency is available to me, even if it's how am I going to walk through this difficult thing? Okay. And that one's tough because I want I want the type, kind of control that changes my circumstances. I want the kind of control that can make it different. But we've all confronted things we cannot change in a profound way in this recent season. And learning to see that as an invitation of when I can't change something, what's the invitation for it to change me? And what empowerment do I have in terms of how I walk through this situation that I would love to be different. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes there are choices that that we do have available to us and it doesn't feel like it. But if we really think about it, okay, I, I don't have to do that thing. I could do these more simple things in this season and giving myself permission to make those choices. I think sometimes as moms, we say, I have to do this and I have to do that, whether it's plan the extravagant birthday party or, you know, drive to every single after school activity or whatever it might be. Yeah. These are just examples, but really breaking down, okay, is that yeah. a have to or or do I have some choices here that in this season with my output and energy expenditure and all these other ways, I need to make some different choices and and see that as a choice. Yeah. And then the third thing, which may not be a question we ask when we're in the midst of a crisis or in the midst of something painful, but I'll share it anyway in case it's helpful to somebody in their stage, is if we have to go through this, how can we grow through it? Mm. I know in my life that question has taken years to answer in yeah. some of the difficult things I've gone through. So I, I say that one with a major caveat of if you're in the thick of it, we might need to wait on answering that question, but just to be aware of this is not good. We're not going to call a painful thing good, mm -hmm. but we are going to recognize that some really beautiful things can grow from hard things too. And naming those I think can be really beautiful and empowering in our lives moving forward. So going through those stages of not alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't have control, but we have choices. Yes. And then if we have to go through it, how can we grow through it? And all of those are ways to self-care. Yes, which are strange to think about. It doesn't feel no. like a spa day. No. Cold. This doesn't no. seem as sassy or fun. No, it is okay. not the same as those nurturing things that we think of with self-care. But when you can't hit the pause button yeah. to your brain, this is what's going to feel really good to your brain as you're moving through those seasons that would you would write differently for yourself and situations where you got to do the thing. You can't just press yeah. pause. Because self-care feels like escapism. Like it you're can. escaping the thing. Like it, in our mind, what yep. we think of as self-care mm -hmm. is escaping the circumstances yeah. or whatever's hard. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we can't. Right. And so then we're at this poll. You, you tell me to take care of myself, but I can't escape it. Mm -hmm. So this reframing yep. and activating your brain, almost like you and I were talking about mm -hmm. with the positive intelligence yep. and the negative intelligence. I'm reading a book, y'all. You're just going to hear about this book. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But that our brain, we have a sage. We have a mm -hmm. frontal lobe that mm -hmm. can stay calm yep. and objective 
and help us solve problems. And the reason we, you know, are the higher order yeah. <laughs> of mammals. And yet we have also these parts of ourselves that sabotage yeah. us moving forward and to choose to activate the frontal lobe and mm-hmm. choose to be thinking about the circumstances instead of reacting to them mm-hmm. is, I think, not allowing the burnout because you're not just reacting and yeah. <laughs> and striving and trying to control and feeling yeah. out of control. You are actively solving the problem as best you can mm-hmm. with what you have. Yeah, those reactions – are your brains, um, your brain doing its best to protect you? And so, and often those were really needed in childhood. That you know, if you and I went through the same hard thing tomorrow, we would probably react differently based on a the pain we're feeling in the moment, and the stories we've brought to that place, yeah. and the ways that we, you and I, have learned to protect ourselves because of the stories that we've lived up to this point, and so have compassion on those areas, whether it's blame, shame, control, escape. Those are my categories as a therapist. I practice a model called restoration therapy, and that's how we would categorize it. I know different models have different names, but whatever you do in reaction to pain, have compassion on that because that was probably really needed at some point in your story. It's just not going to serve you. And it's not going to bring that soul rest that we're talking about in terms of self-care. And when that escapism self-care that that you mentioned is available, that is is great. (laughs) (laughs) I just know that as moms in, in most seasons, that's not always easy to come by. And I know that term can be frustrating to moms who are just drowning. Yeah. In the thick of it. And yes, it's a nice to have, but actually executing it. And so this just helps us move through what we have to do with more peace and joy. And I think celebration is also a huge part of being able to stay engaged in our lives, but have a reframe on what's going on in a way that's more life-giving. So you've mentioned a couple times. Yes. The hard things that you've gone through. Yes. And the person listening is probably thinking, why aren't you asking Nicole <laughs> about the hard things? Yes. But before we move into this activating celebration, mm-hmm. talk about your own challenge with that. Yeah. Do I courageously celebrate that I think spring is almost here? I don't know. Uh, With spring and sunnier days, I know that means I need to go through my boys' closets and determine what still fits and what doesn't. And what makes that a little bit more of a challenge is often they've grown. Your kids? What helps me is Stitch Fix Kids. It's an effortless way to get clothes that fit my kids and my price range because items start at just $10. I get to go into Stitch Fix. I get to tell them what my boy's style is and what price range we're looking for. And even if you have specific needs, like maybe you need um, nicer church clothes or maybe you need some athletic wear, they will follow your lead, send you items to try on at home. And this is fantastic for my boys who do not want to go into a store. They have uh 
concerns about how things feel, fabrics, and so we can, I can go through and tell which things I want them to try on. It's quick, five to 10 minutes, and then anything they don't want, I just send right back. And shipping returns exchanges are always free. They have sizes between 2T and 8 and there's no subscription required. You simply order a refresh when you need it uh, or get regular season fixes if you want. You are in control. If you want to try it today at stitchfix.com slash DMA, you get 25% off when you keep everything in your kid's fix. That's stitchfix.com slash DMA for 25% off when you keep everything in your kid's fix. stitchfix.com slash DMA. Whether you or your spouse are in a position where you are hiring people, you understand how challenging it can be right now. That's why if you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And it's the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on lots of job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skill, this is the one powerful hiring partner you need that can do all of that. They help you on every step of the way. They have time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match. They have over 135 assessments that help you figure out your top talent's abilities faster. They have virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with their resumes on Indeed that match your job description. You can invite them to apply right away and you only pay for quality applications, again, that meet your must-have requirements. I think if you wanna save time and money, you need to check out Indeed. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash DMA. The offer is valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash DMA to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash DMA. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I uh, went through a pretty long season of what could largely be characterized by change and loss and a lot of waiting and longing. Just a season I, if God had given me the pen, I would have written very differently for myself. It was just really painful, a lot of heartache um, that lasted almost a decade. Oh my goodness. Um, and not that there weren't many, many moments of joy in there too. Um, but I think it was a season that just le- leaned a little in the direction of heartache. And like I mentioned earlier, there was, there was the loss itself, um, which for me, I'll just share looked like uh, a move across the country that was a big surprise to a community I didn't know (laughs) anyone. And my husband and I really struggled with fertility and chronic miscarriages. So when I get pregnant, we have a medical diagnosis that I have about a 50% chance of getting to meet that little one. But I was batting even lower than those odds. And so there was just a lot of trauma around doctor's appointments and a lot of really hard news and desperation and went through many years of not being able to get pregnant at all. So, and you know, the impact to your marriage in that place and just, 
Um, I'm, I'm really fortunate to be married to a wonderful man, but it was just stressful um, yeah. and yeah. seemed to kind of be a shadow over a lot of our joy. But whether your story is similar to mine or not, I think when we go through a painful season, there does tend to be when we enter this season of joy, at least for me, I recognize that part of the cost was my joy was accompanied by a ton of fear. Mm. So not only was there the loss itself, but a lot of the loss was my inability to embrace joy because I was so afraid. Mm. I was just sure as soon as I embraced it, it was going to be ripped from my hands. And I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so I felt really sad when I woke up one day and and realized how costly that perspective has been Mm. and how much I was missing out on my beautiful God-given life because I was so afraid to embrace it and protecting myself from you know, like we talked about, wasn't really working, trying to protect myself from disappointment, but really protecting myself from a lot of joy. Mm. How did you for yourself mm-hmm. move into releasing the fear mm-hmm. and embracing the joy? So finding the courage to celebrate became my uh, quest. <laughs> and um, you call it a spiritual discipline. I do. Which I love because – one, spiritual disciplines require intentionality. Yep. And we, I mean, we a little bit think of them as a chore mm-hmm. sometimes. Absolutely. But then you have this paradox of celebration is frivolous, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to, to combine the two, it's mm-hmm. a spiritual discipline of celebration, mm-hmm. frees the person who feels like it's frivolous, mm-hmm. but encourages the person that this takes practice. Yes. This is not... Something that should just come easy to you. Right. It's not a waste of time either. Exactly. And I really had to confront both of those lies in my own heart. I Mm -hmm. think one of the – there's a lot of main reasons that people are hesitant to embrace celebration, and you just hit on two of them, um, being that – we're waiting for a reason to, to right. celebrate. Um, <laughs> Can we celebrate now? Is yeah, it over now? Exactly. Is it over? Yeah. And at first I was really annoyed that celebration had to be a discipline too because of yeah. what you just shared. Like there's enough things that require intentionality <laughs> and are hard. Can't celebration just be easy? Yeah. But then I realized how disempowering that was and how it was always sitting on the other side of a shift in circumstances or the Mm. realization of a dream or the achievement of a goal. And when we practice celebration, um, not as a reward, but as, as a discipline, as a rhythm, it makes it not about our own goodness, but about the goodness of God in our lives. And we just get to notice how that's happening. And so, yes, there, there's a lot of freedom in considering it a discipline. And then you touched on the other one, which is just this is not uh, extra to the Christian life. This is essential to <laughs> okay. the Christian life. And this is an avenue we've been given to connect with God um, and to celebrate the gift with the giver and, and really important in, in recognizing that we don't just – 
grow in the dark in those places that are painful, but that joy and celebration are also an avenue of Christ's work in us. And so really, really important. And so the practices that I've outlined in the book in terms of how to practice celebration in a really practical way um, are all available to us regardless of our circumstances. So it was really important to me that we weren't just waiting for the perfect set of circumstances in order to be able to practice Or financially. Yes, yes. Whatever the barrier is. Financially, financially, Time. time, waiting for a reason. So all of these are super easy and doable in your everyday life, regardless of your personality. Some people think, yeah, "Yeah, I'm not really a natural celebrator because we think of party planning or we think of somebody who's really outgoing and loves the big crowd and is funny in the life of the party. That is definitely not me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I love those people in my life, but I am not one of them. And so just these practices of – so, what are some of them? Yes, I'm curious. Yes. Okay. Um, so one of my favorites, which is a really good fight against burnout, actually, as okay. well, especially as moms, is the practice of savoring. Mm. So savoring celebrates the ordinary. Mm. Our brain is not uh, does not naturally drift toward joy, and it does not naturally hang on to things. That, that it wants to dismiss or think of as unimportant. So what the brain thinks is important tends to be negative things and tends to be the big things. So the natural little moments of joy in your everyday life are not going to be what it hangs on to unless we train it otherwise. And the way that we do that is to savor. And how you savor is you just ask your five traditional senses – what they're going to remember about a moment. And mm-hmm. I'm talking, it can be a snapshot of just, I had a friend the other day, just notice, you know, she's raising teenagers and sitting down to dinner together in the midst of all those schedules is not something that happens every day. Yeah. And she just noticed all four of her kids and her and her husband sitting at the table and just that picture would be a perfect thing to savor. So what do you see? What do you smell? Mm. What do you hear? What do you taste? And what do you feel? And that will help your brain record that moment as sacred and mm. special and celebrate what's already happening in your life. And I just want to highlight it may have been a really hard day. <laughs> and it may not be a great dinner. No, it may they not might be a be great fighting. dinner. <laughs> but even the fact yeah. that everyone is sitting together, that whole hour of eating a meal together doesn't need to go perfectly right. for you to have something to savor. Mm. Maybe you're raising a child in a really tough season and for that child. Um, yeah. And it's hard to connect or it's hard to figure out a certain behavior that's that they're struggling with. But just watching them play freely in the backyard and watching the light, you know, hit their hair as yeah. they're playing with joy um, out your kitchen window or whatever that is could be a moment that you savor. And it just helps you to hang on to those moments of joy Mm. 
that your very efficient brain. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, brain. Yes, doesn't think of as very important. Thanksgiving is another one of my favorite practices for celebration. We talk a ton about gratitude, which is really great. Uh, We can't walk into a store, I don't feel like, without (laughs) seeing a gratitude journal or a little gratitude jar. Yes, I think I'm my thankful list right here. Yes, yes, or a thankful list. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the research is pretty clear that that does increase our joy to notice and name. Yeah. So noticing changes our perspective because all of a sudden our gaze is lifted. We're looking for those things. We're activating that part of our brain. Yep. It's not going to filter it out because you're choosing to you're choosing to see it it. you're on the lookout for it and just like anything we tend to find what we look for (laughs) and then the the actually writing it down makes it concrete and putting language around it makes it easier to hang on to so there's a structure to it what we don't often talk about is how thankfulness the research says doubles the joy that we feel with gratitude So when we actually express the gratitude that we feel to the people in our lives and share with them what a difference their presence makes in our lives, Mm -hmm. the connection you and I talked about, the joy of having this conversation face-to-face. Yeah. (laughs) And that's part of it, actually getting to share the gift with the giver and when that person is the gift it just throws gasoline on the joy that we would experience had we simply noted it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to minimize that. That yeah. That is important and does make a difference as a daily practice, gratitude. But when you have those opportunities to actually share it, that is a way we've been given to celebrate the gift with the giver. And so even in my prayers, I've really tried to incorporate that practice of just celebrating God's gifts in my life with him as Mm -hmm. the giver of that gift. And it's been a really fun way to connect with God in my joy because I was so clear in my season of pain how to connect with him in that place when I was so desperate for him. Um, And I know as a mom, when I'm so desperate for, you know, breakthrough in one of my kids' lives, you know, I'm so aware of who he is to me in that place. And that was really precious to me. Mm. And I I was a little hesitant when I started experiencing more moments of joy. What does that look like to connect with God in those places? And Thanksgiving has been a really precious way of doing that. Both are excellent. Yes. Excellent <laughs> tips. Especially, you know, I'm sure you're, like you said, your home and my home look different in these seasons. Mm-hmm. But both of those. Would fit. Are totally accessible. Yeah. And and I think they've been really powerful practices for my clients who are in all different, you know, they have their own stories and own circumstances. And I have yet to find a situation where those aren't available as practices of celebration and aren't helpful. Are you teaching your kids too? I'm trying. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I'm modeling. I mean, a two um, and a one-year-old is little. Yes, yeah. yes. But even giving and receiving affirmation is sort of a twist on that Thanksgiving. But just really being able to affirm who they are outside of their performance, I think, you know, the natural places to affirm are, 
you know, the the grade that they're really proud of yeah. or the goal that they scored or, you know, some sort of concrete achievement, even if you have littles, the, the picture that they've drawn, you know, yeah. wow. And I am not suggesting that we stop affirming those things. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. But to really look for opportunities to affirm their personhood um, over their performance and and just say thank you for – I'm so thankful that you are the way you are and um, who you are is different than who I am and I get to learn so much from you and here's the ways that your presence in my life is impacting me. I think when our kids hear that – yeah. Not only is that huge in shaping their own identity, but you know creates a culture of of thanksgiving and and savoring in their lives too. In celebrating personhood, yes, yeah, yes, that's so good. Okay, well, I am really excited to try some of these things <laughs> because I do think in this time mm-hmm. right now, as we're <laughs> Not sure if there's an end point yeah. of the hard. And we have spring. We think spring is going to be the next. I know. Right? Yep. That's the next shift in circumstances <laughs> we think, we're hoping yeah, is going to make Especially the for the north. And the, yes. Yeah, although oh my gosh. Dallas doesn't yeah. differ much lately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think to recognize no matter the circumstance mm-hmm. that good is happening. Yes. And that we, like you said, are growing. I think it's the mm-hmm. gift of motherhood is that we change and grow. Mm -hmm. And so if in the process, those negative systems of Mm -hmm. blame, shame, escape, control Mm -hmm. are coming to the surface, it's a gift that we get to recognize them Mm -hmm. and create a habit of something different. Yes. And I... I think there's so there's this thing called the hedonic treadmill in oh, our brains. Tell me about that. That um, it, it's just an element of our brain that makes it really easy to adjust to joy. So you might like somebody might call you after our conversation and give you really great news. There would be that burst of of joy, and then your brain's ability to adapt to that is really, really fast. And so it's almost like getting used to a joy that just fades into the background. And what our temptation is in that moment is to tell our joy how it can be improved upon. Mm. So we have that moment of maybe we experience a personal accomplishment or the achievement of some goal or a point of progress. And we're really excited about it. And then all of a sudden, we start thinking about who wasn't there or what didn't happen or how could it have been better. (laughs) And that is what we have to fight in this celebration conversation. And, And as we're entering new seasons of, yes, this is a beautiful thing to celebrate and let's savor it and hang on to it and not tell our joy how it could be better. And I think as parents, this is a huge piece as well because we have that moment of celebrating a point of progress with our kids and then it's so easy to look at what all the work that is yet to be done or what didn't happen or, you know, our eyes are just trained on what isn't happening. And so when you said, 
eyes to see the good, just know that your brain will not naturally look to those places. But we can celebration is our way of of counteracting that. We all can learn more about the invitation to release your fears, choose joy, find the courage to celebrate in What If It's Wonderful. Yes. And where can they find you online? Yes. I love hearing from listeners and readers, so please reach out. My website is just NicoleZazowski.com, N-I-C-O-L-E-Z-A-S-O-W-S-K-I.com. And then I hang out on Instagram the most in terms of social media, so... I'm just at Nicole Zazowski there. Zazowski. Zazowski. It's a fun one. It's fun. Um, and she has another book, From Lost to Found. Yes. If y'all are. Yes. That is encouragement. That's kind of the, you don't need to read them in order. They, they stand alone. But that outlines that that journey of pain and what I learned through that season. So From Lost to Found and What If It's Wonderful. <laughs> It seems it does seem like a progression a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, no, they they definitely it's a part 1 and part 2, but if you want to start with the second one, yes. if that's where you are. Yeah. Uh that's great. Yeah. Well, I am so thankful you're here. Oh, it's so good to meet you and talk with you. What a gift to me. Oh, well. I had no idea. I had a listener. <laughs> I had a listener as oh, a guest. Yeah. That's so fun. All right. Have a great day. I wanted to share some of our group discussion questions that we give our podcast club leaders for you to think about. Uh, Nicole talked about pessimism and cynicism as forms of control. Do you find yourself hoping for the best but preparing to mourn? And how has that changed in you recently in light of the pandemic? She also gave us three footholds for these burnout painful moments, realizing you're not alone, looking for what choices you do have, and asking, if I have to go through this, how can I grow through this? Which of, of those three is hardest for you and which one comes most naturally. Think about a moment you can savor. I'm curious if you could do that today at some point and consider the affirmations you can give your child that isn't performance-based. I'm gonna pray over us and over Ukraine and all that is going on in our world. Lord, I thank you that once again, We are coming to you and finding you as a firm place to stand. We know that challenges and heartache and disappointment and devastation are a part of this world. We also know that you are unchanging. I pray, Lord, that we could reach out to others with our heart. We can come alongside each other in that. I pray that you would open our eyes to choices we do have in whatever circumstances we're in. I pray that you would help us grow more like you and closer with you as we walk through hard things. We pray for supernatural protection for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters and all those involved in Russia who are impacted. We pray, Lord, that there would be an abundance of stories where you have shown up I pray that you would give us eyes to see where we can be the hands and feet of you to the hurting, that we can let them know that they are not alone. We know that none of this is a surprise to you, God, and that you are inviting us into our part of bringing hope and healing to a hurting world. I pray, Lord, for wisdom as we guide our children, that we could share them with them more of 
what we see of you in them and how we can encourage them with faith in you, God. I thank you for Nicole and all that she's walked through and um, her wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all, for being with me. Next week, I have Lisa Bevere on the show. She is our Italian godmother. She's answering your questions, your parenting questions, and everything from sibling rivalry to anger and all the things in between. And I just always love chatting with her. She's a fellow boy mom, four boys that are grown, and I I always get something out of our conversations. I hope that you are encouraged. I know it is a really hard time, and y'all have reached out to me. I pray that you are getting moments of time with God and conversation with him, even if your hands are busy, that your mind and your heart could be stayed on him and find his perfect peace. And I'll see y'all here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.